0: And survive. This place is no place for civilized man.
1: My love, my lady, my darling,
0: to get in a gashberry. Far away from my
1: All you've got to do now is pass the Australian
0: culture test. Three simple questions, three correct answers, and you together? go through that doorway to the greatest of have the
1: world. Good morning, everybody. This is Annie for Showreel. And, uh, of course, there's, there, there was the Actor Awards last night. and It was a very, very crisp nice, interesting kind of affair. Uh, the uh, the um, the pe- people that won, uh, I-, I was really interested in the people that won. Uh, everybody got a, a bit of a prize, but uh, the lead uh, male actor was uh, John Heronan from uh, a great film called Judy and Punch. I've said to you that you should go and see Judy and Punch. I actually think Judy and Punch is my favourite film for the year because it's so original, I'll have to say. Uh, The best film was The Nightingale, and uh, anybody who's anybody in Australia should be going and seeing The Nightingale, even though I do recommend that you go with uh, someone uh, to hold their hand when you get to the horrible and gripping bits. But, you know, you can't uh, make a film about genocide without uh, there being some gripping, horrible bits. But uh, So they got it right. They got it right there. Uh, Anyway, uh, Sam Neill received the... uh, uh, the big gong for uh, a lifetime award and as he said uh, it sounds a bit terminal but he does think that he's got a little bit of more life in him. Now today we're going to be uh, profiling uh, a particular film called K- Kairos. Now you realise of course this this week is a disability week, a celebration of uh, disability uh, fighters for their rights and... Um, you know that's the aspect that uh, you know we we did a great program s- through on Tuesday, uh, which just represent the fighting spirit of people with uh, disability. Now, Chorus is a really interesting film by Paul ba- Baca Cat, uh, which the lead is actually a, a fellow. Uh, you would have caught perhaps in a film called Down Under, Chris Burton. Chris Burton's got Down Syndrome. But as I say to Paul, uh, this film isn't actually purely about being Down Syndrome. It's it's about a lot more than that. So we'll go to that interview now and enjoy. Start off with your filmmaking journey. I noticed you went to film school, but tell me about that.
0: Yes, I um, started my film school journey quite late actually Um, Initially, I, you know, when I was um, 18, I really wanted to become a. I really wanted to pursue it professionally, um, but um, other than afters, there weren't many other little courses around um, at the time. And afters was really selective at that point, and they they kind of wanted people that had a little bit more experience. And, and I understood that, so I went out searching for a short course, did a couple of those, uh, but didn't didn't really find a, a full time course to go to until I was you know sort of 27, and I was you know. I'm virgin, getting married and all that stuff. So <laughs> it yeah, turned yeah. quite late. Um, and that was at the International Film School Sydney in in Rosebury, who were a private um, school. And, and um, I just got to meet a lot of wonderful people there, including um, you know, the head of the school, Duncan Thompson, um, who'd been a script editor on, on so many great Aussie films of that, that era. Um, and also uh, people like Billy Marshall, Stone, great Billy Marshall Stoneking, who was um, a great mentor of mine. Um, and so, you know, it was, a, it was a great journey for me. I was there as a student, uh, went back as a teacher um, and then ended up kind of becoming the head of the school by, <laughs> by the time I was about 33. So a bit of a surreal journey, um, but a really wonderful um, experience. Uh, which, part there, of, yeah.
1: which part of filmmaking practically did you want to be part of? Because, of course, yeah. learning the skills is one thing, but generally people uh, focus on something in particular.
0: Yeah, I was always drawn to directing. um, But definitely what that education offered me was a sort of a holistic approach to the craft um, in that we all wrote, directed and produced our own films. Um, uh, And I sort of fell in love with different parts of the medium, but I I would say directing has always been the thing that I've been most drawn to. Um, I can remember seeing Taxi Driver, you know, at a very young age, and I shouldn't have been watching it. But yeah, it, was just, it, it just happened to be on. it and, uh, and, <laughs> and I just remember being blown away by the imagery, and um, and I was like, I want to do that. I want to make stuff like that. that, that I, I just was really intrigued in how that was being put, how that was put together. Um, and so that sort of, uh, you know, and, and along with all of the Spielberg great films of the, you know, the late 70s, early 80s, I mean, all those films that had an impact on me as well. But um, I definitely was drawn more towards like the European cinema as well in uh, my teenage years. And, um, yeah, I was just fortunate enough to be around people that, were, that introduced me to a lot of those films um, well, at a young age. So.
1: Well, Karros, which is the film we're, we're here to talk about, is a really yes. fascinating film. And um, because its uh, lead character has Down syndrome, but that's actually, and that is important... But it's uh not the actual main theme, is it?
0: No, not at all and um i I, you know, I had um you know a sort of i think everybody's life in some way has you know a lot of people either know someone with a disability or know a relative or a friend or a friend of a friend um but I think people with dis- intellectual disabilities often have been largely ignored on screen in terms of being given meaningful roles they've occasionally had a few. Interesting things happen over the years, but I would say, um, you know, in my, in my experience watching cinema, and I'm an avid, uh, um, I'm an avid fan of, of all cinema, world cinema, I've rarely seen someone with Down syndrome in a in sort of a meaningful role. The last film I can think of, you know, is, is going back a long time, and it's a Belgian film. Um, I think it was um, uh, The Eighth Day. Um, where you know it was kind of this magic realism you know, road journey sort of Rain Man esque story that featured a, a Down syndrome uh, an actor with Down syndrome in a prominent role. Um, but I, yeah. So so for me it was like okay, I just want to give a platform for a character that happens to have Down syndrome, and yes, he struggles with his identity, you know. And and but this film has much more universal resonance than just being about disability. I think. I think audiences will be able to connect um, with Danny's journey in the film and see themselves in Danny in yeah, many yeah. ways.
1: Yeah, that's, um, that's what's really interesting. They're, actually, more recently in Australia, we've got uh, the film Ride Like a Girl. Yes, so, yeah. yeah, yeah
0: um,
1: and he plays himself. Uh, yes. And also the person who's your lead, Chris Burton, was in um, Down Under, Abby Forsythe, a film I really liked. And yes. And I also thought that uh, Chris Burton's role was quite groundbreaking. Uh, I mean, it had an effect on me in that way. And also, you're of Lebanese background, aren't you? And that film itself has got a very strong Lebanese connection too, hasn't it? Yeah,
0: definitely. um, That's that's the funny thing, I remember being... Um, going to the See, I'd already started working on Kairos around t- late 2015, early 16, and it was kind of based on a, a few short films I was developing at film school early on, like about 10 years ago. Mm. And um, and I was just looking for the right script to make it work, and the right, you know, and and then I'd written this character that you know had to be convincing as an aspiring boxer, and I'm kind of looking around, and I didn't know many actors with Down syndrome, and I I actually. Knew that I needed to do a fair bit more research with the with the community uh, in order to make sure that I was sort of authentically portraying the community in in that sense. And so I went to this film to the film festival and watched Down Under. First of all, out of curiosity at that it had an actor with Down syndrome in there in a sort of prominent role, and also that the Lebanese connection. I was kind of intrigued to see the, um, Abe's take on the, on the Cronulla riots, and I found it quite hilarious and confronting and I think i was the only lebanese guy in the in the, in the audience really <laughs> oh that's was...
1: interesting too
0: <laughs> but but it was just a what, what what struck me was i became less interested in the in the um the the sort of politics of it and the whole lebanese subplot and i was far more identifying found know, uh, myself far, um, identifying far more with um chris's character and i just thought he stole every scene that he was, he in. Did. I was like he did. this guy's absolutely incredible i mean he's chris bunton he's, he's he's this young up-and-coming actor and I needed to find him, I needed to find out where he was and um, uh, Bus Stop Films a wonderful organisation when I contacted them they actually put me on to this, um, this, beautiful beautiful um, performance group, disability led performance group in inner west Sydney um, and, the, and the, the coordinators of that are uh, uh, Alison Richardson and Dean Walsh and uh, Sydney also uh, works a lot with the group um, just had to make special mention to them because I don't think without them I I don't think I would have been able to sort of pull all of this together in the end and and Chris was a co-collaborator in that group um, along with many other wonderful um, um, actors that also have Down syndrome and I ended up casting the whole group in the film doesn't um,
1: surprise me yeah yeah you know, I was yeah. really impressed by uh things that i didn 't expect to have happen, so the way you used the dream sequences was really interesting uh, and yes. I can see where you're now that you talk about it your uh influence from european film but uh it 's a it 's a darling way of uh, um, making his character chris 's character a full living being in a spiritual and emotional sense.
0: Yes, and it's that complexity of that those sequences because you know, it is challenging, it's kind of confronting. And I don't want to spoil anything. About no, this, no, but no. W- what it does is I think it actually forces us to, to question our own stereotypes as a general audience of yes. what we believe is right and, and in and, and, and inverted commas, normal. And I think that that actually, that's been the most provocative scenes in the film, definitely, but it definitely, I feel like it has its arc, its own arc, and it's a story that's kind of threatening to break through the whole film. Um, you know, it's like it's like there's this boxing story going on, but there's this other stuff that's much deeper and much, uh, much more profound that I think is threatening to kind of come to the surface. Um, and Chris understood that. We had great discussions about that and the challenges that a lot of people with Down Syndrome face in terms of Um, society's perceptions of them and also their own perceptions of themselves and how they fit into the community. And there's this great pressure, in a way, um, to to sort of, you know, fit some sort of mould and, you know, to be accepted. And and I think the key message in this film is, you know, you don't need to... We live in a time when society is is urging us to be everything but ourselves. And what we need to do is accept who we are and love who we are and that that's where I kind of identify with Danny myself. I think is that, growing up as a Lebanese Australian, um, particularly throughout the 1980s, it was a, you know it was a difficult time because there was a lot of stuff going on politically and then there was a war going on in Lebanon and obviously every time we saw that on the news, you know uh, that we were being portrayed in a very negative light and so I kind of got called all these terrible names and then that continued into to, to adulthood as well and so for me it's always been this yearning to. I'm fighting to be something other than I am, really, to to, to fit in, and um, and that's a universal theme, I think, that happens to a lot of people. It's, it's not just about race or disability. It's also could be that, you know, I want to be, um, I want to be, I want to have a six pack. I want to be fit. I want to be, you know, I want to look like that person. I want to have blonde hair. I want to. You know, so there's this sort of a. Uh, I think that's a universal thing that often happens as a result of. Media, really. well,
1: well on on on, a, on another level uh, you doing this film and being and taking charge of your own uh desire to make film be a filmmaker which is you know a completely credible thing to do and uh, it gets into people's blood uh it, in a way just because of your background you have pushed through what probably was some kind of barrier that the people placing it there didn't even realise they were placing it there?
0: Oh, without a doubt. I think, you know, that's always... And it's always been this sort of cloud that's hovered over me, you know, there's this, oh, you know, you're know you that Lebanese guy that happens to make films. And I think, the, I'm, I'm hoping this film... You know, what I, I kind of consciously didn't want to make it about a Lebanese-Australian character because I feel like I know that community so well. I'm sure I've many stories to tell about that. But I, I, I really felt like I needed to make something that was just universal that didn't have any sort of um, a cultural bias that I think might, that I might bring to it. You know, I feel like you know if, uh, that that, that can always be dismissed as that. Oh, um, he's from that community, so made this film about about his own community. And
1: yeah, and that, yeah, like, but it's I an outsider's story, isn't it? Story. Yeah, it's an outsider's
0: story, isn't it? Though? Yeah, 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 definitely. And I, and I think just in terms of representation, it's wonderful to see Stevie Payne up like said. You know, and, and seeing other films coming out now where people with intellectual disabilities are playing more prominent roles and more substantial. I think with Kairos, you know, we really wanted to avoid that um, the message movie and the, 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 the sort of uh, public service announcement that often, you know, that these films can often become. We wanted to make a complex film. Well, the, uh, really uh,
1: you, d- you wanted it not to be paternalistic and you actually succeed.
0: Yes, yeah, we did not want, and then that's the one thing the parents actually of, of past said to me was that please do not patronize, don't don't portray them in that patronizing like We need to see them face challenges. We need to see them face these sort of darker things in the story because that shows audiences that look, you know, and, and it shows filmmakers look what's possible when you open up the, the 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 door for inclusive casting and and storytelling. And I think the next step really is not just for. Um, filmmakers to be writing, um, uh, you know, inclusive roles, but also for the government and for producers and production companies. get behind inclusive storytelling from the behind the scenes, so we actually get to hear their own stories being written and 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 directed as well. Because I know there's a lot of people with dancing that I met that want to make their own films, and they yeah. have amazing ideas.
1: Tell me, uh, did they? they in, the were they? Invo- was Stevie? Uh, sorry, Chris, Chris involved in uh, Chris involved in the script writing because it quite clearly development I mean you're a script writer and a filmmaker yes. I and mean, that's why I call you yes. a filmmaker because you, you're basically you you and your uh, compatriots were involved in, in fact your wife and your brother were involved in raising the funds yes. Um, yes. no yes. It's, a, it's a team effort because getting the funds yes. is a really big deal
0: um, yes. yeah and, and that's the other thing was very competitive in that sense like going through the traditional funding routes we didn't have a track record so you know, we couldn't tick all the boxes, and that, I guess that's a disappointing thing. But it's also I, I understood it as well. I mean, I know that you know, there's a sort of a che- the whole checks and balances that these places have to run through, and we realised if we just sat around and waited, we would never make this film. We would that's take right. a long time before we got someone on board, and no one was going. No one was jumping, on, jumping at, uh, chomping at the bit to sort of uh, be part of a film that had a, a lead character that had Down syndrome. Was, it was this sort of unknown territory. And, and a lot of the people I did approach were like, "Oh, it's a pretty risky move to make. I said, well, why? But why? I mean, th- this is a compelling story, and it's got an amazing actor. I said, he just happens to have Down syndrome. He's an amazing actor. We're just making great casting choices here. And... You know, it was just we were constantly met with this sort of, you know, uh, you know. I'm talking in the private sector more, so in terms of trying to raise, yeah, yeah, because it's not, it's not, it's
1: not, it's not glamorous, and and, no. and and the thing about it is, is that you actually succeed in making a film that is about uh, what you aim to. It really confronts straight audiences. Really, it confronts yes. the mainstream your audience around, yeah. and it
0: succeeds. Oh, and we've had an overwhelming response. I mean, our journey with this film started, you know, On the Road started in Rome. We got invited by the Vatican-sponsored Tertiary Millennium Festival, and we screened it in the cinema that was surrounded by these ruins. <laughs> it was just kind of like the most bizarre sort of surreal experience. And it was an intercultural, interreligious um, festival that was promoting stories that helped us understand, um, you know, humanity on a deeper level. And we ended up winning that festival, and it was this just amazing um, uh, response from the Italians. And they got it. They understood the film. They understood what we were going for. And um, then we obviously went to Melbourne. We got into the, the top 10. Um, you know, we were in the sixth place out of, I think, you know, over 300 films, which was incredible. Uh, and, 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 you know, we've been to St. Louis. We've been around the with Mexico. We've had the film travel to all these places. And, and every time we're in these places, the, the audience response is so overwhelming. It's so emotional because I think it just really it really makes the the audience reevaluate what that what they what they believed about the the, the community you know um, yeah the yeah
1: people yeah with Down Syndrome. What, what's a, like, what's the um response from people with dancing room that community
0: oh they absolutely the people who've seen it have absolutely loved it. obviously the cast they absolutely loved it and there was a lot of tears and hugs at the end of the, the first screening and um, the parents obviously loved it um. In, in terms of uh, the melbourne Film Festival we had I had a girl run up to me uh, a female, uh, she was a young up and coming filmmaker as part of a... she was doing a workshop down there for next year I think it was part of the accelerator fund and she ran down to me from the steps and she just gave me the biggest hug and was just in tears and said, "Thank you for seeing me thank Yay. you for, for for telling this story and it was and she grabbed Chris and she was so she was just so. Um, I think it was kind of like a, a moment of you know, when someone sees a celebrity like yeah. you know, here this person was standing before her, this this great role model that, that um you know, and Chris is such a brave performer, he's such a wonderful actor with great timing and and he makes really strong choices and the chemistry between he and Jerome Pride, who plays John, is just it's like lightning in a bottle. I'm so I think I just got really lucky finding these two um, you know, to, to act on screen and uh, together, and yeah. they're absolutely wonderful. You they know? are, and, yeah. So, I think you're
1: right. I think yeah. they're they're great, and uh, that was one of the strong points in this film. Of course, is that we're following um, Danny's story, and he yes. is the main story. But running parallel to that is John's story, who is yes. deeply affected. By uh, yes. he is completely conflicted about his responses to Danny, which is fabulous character.
0: Yes, he, yeah, and Jerome's just a consummate professional. He's been he's been a professional actor for for a few decades now and um appeared in a lot of T V and stuff like that. And, and he's just one of these like, it's like so so powerful. And I'm like, Where is this guy? He's gotta be he has to have a you know this call me with an amazing role and I think he just took it with both hands and, and made it his own. He made John, you know, his own role, and I believed every second of him on, on set, and, uh, and he was a wonder to work with. I mean, surprisingly, on set, you know, we didn't really change the script that much. Mm, it was that's probably, interesting. Uh, yeah, it was probably ad libbed a little bit. Like it was probably ten percent of it that's actually ad libbed, um, but the rest of it kind of remained the same. Where we sort of restructured it was probably in the editing process which is a normal thing to do when you're trying to make it you know work in, on some level um but the, the 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 writing and even the dialogue i mean i i kind of kept it malleable once i left i left it open you know and flexible so people could so we could have a little bit of spontaneity where we needed it but everyone understood the script and everyone understood the scenes you know quite inherently you know really well and i didn't want to tamper with that and what I did though was I still opened up the the, the, the space for Chris and Digby, who plays the wily foster brother.
1: Sam. <laughs> That's right.
0: Who's <laughs> absolutely filled every scene that he's in. Um, uh, you know, I, I left them the opportunity to kind of, um, you know, deliver it in their way and, and, and the way they would say something. And, and sometimes I said, I, I, you know, I, no, I don't think I'd be like this. I, I don't think I'd feel like this. I, I, I think I'm going to deliver it like this because. This is my action, you know, for the scene. And they understood the mechanics of that and uh, and just made some really wonderful choices. And we actually had a really like, sm- small shooting ratio as well. It was like, I think, you know, we had a few technical shots where, where it might have taken a few, more, like, more than 10 takes. But where we had um, most of the drama unfolded, it was just sort of conversations happening. It was about a four-to-one ratio, which is... Mm. <laughs> it's, really great. It's on, ...on independent film. so... We managed to get a lot of these performances pretty much off first or second take, um, which i yeah, that that means that, you know, I think we cast well, and, and that's, uh, you just, as a, a good director, just lets it happen, you know, yeah. and, and just steps in where they need to, to shape something, but they don't get in the way of the magic, you know, you've got to kind of let that happen.
1: Yeah, and, yeah, uh, I understand. Um, who, who was your editor? It was a female editor.
0: Yeah, Michelle Sinclair. Claire. Um, she, like, um, she was one of my students at uh, at film school uh, back in the day, and then has gone on to teach and is now sort of running the post production department at the very same film school that uh, that she graduated from as well. So, she's you know she's this wonderful um, um, editor that this is her first feature, I believe, and mm. um, she did an absolutely beautiful job, and it's it's a wonderful. Um, you know, wonderful result that she's. You know, I was. I, I, it was such a collaborative, um, beautiful um experience uh, to make this this film with her, and uh, and she worked on it for a long time. You know, we were, we, were, we were sitting on that in post production for a long time, primarily because we were waiting for other things to happen and whatnot. So, yes. Um, well, that,
1: you know, it's a great thing to get. I mean, if you want to be a uh, an editor having someone bring their baby to you to do it, and uh, it's a great thing that uh, you were able to offer that to her as her first feature because it's a great film. It's it's really worth seeing. Where can people see it?
0: Look, if they go to kairos the movie dot com, and we'll spell uh, that it's k a i r o s. Yeah, k a i r o s. Sorry, k a i r o s yeah. the movie dot com. Um, there'll be a listing there of all the cinemas that are showing it, where it's got kind of a link to get tickets. So I think then and the Newtown are showing it for Will um, Run and Liverpool Event Cinemas in, in in Sydney, and then everywhere else is mainly event cinemas. Um, they've got one in each state. I believe in Melbourne, in fact Classic Cinema in Elsternwick uh, in, in St Kilda, around near St Kilda there. So that'd be yeah. wonderful as well.
1: And, and before all. you go away, explain to them what Caros is.
0: If i said Chloris, it correctly. Yeah, khoros yeah. is a, it's, it's taken from um, the, well, it has many meanings these days, but the ancient Greek uh, meaning is actually, that it means a supreme or opportune moment for an action to be taken in order to achieve, you know, success. Um, it's the ripe time, really. And in theology as well, it's been adapted to kind of um, resemble divine time, as opposed to the, the chronological time that we live in. Which so is represents. Biological yeah. time and kairos represents sort of like uh, you know these um these sort of moments where in where kind of eternity intersects with our reality in a way and gives us this opportunity to to act um you know it's the right time for action basically yes it's a wonderful word you know i mean i was a uh, student of philosophy and greek myth you know back in the high school days and and beyond so i've kind of always Way and I, I'm looking for the right project to to to, uh, to to you know call a film by and that was the right the right one so yeah. and
1: it was the right time yes it is <laughs> thanks for talking yes. to me Paul yeah and that yeah and that was uh, Paul Bacharach who uh, Barakat. Barakat, Paul Barakat, about his film Curras. Very interesting film and as I said I don't think I've ever seen a person with Down syndrome being the main lead in a film so this is a groundbreaking moment and it's an incredibly interesting film. It's worth seeing. Go and see it. It's at the uh, Classic in Elstonwick. Coming up next is uh, Published or Not. We'll go out with a few important announcements.